0: Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today I want to ask you a question. Why would you follow Jesus? In any decision that you make, typically your decision is driven by something good that comes to you from that decision. We follow Jesus because he gives us good news i tell you what, anybody that gives me good news, I'm attracted to. I want to know more about. I want to find out more from them because they're giving me good news. I read the other day, if it's not good news, it's not the gospel. In other words, if it's not good news, it's not coming from God. So listen in and find out what benefits you will receive when you follow Jesus. Also make sure to watch us on YouTube at Life Worth Living Church Podcast for additional life and spiritual enriching content. And I want you to picture this, all right? How many of you filled up your gas tank and cringed this week? (laughs) We had to go back up to Albuquerque And in Albuquerque, the prices are like $5.14 for diesel. And then, I, I don't know. We heard in L.A., it's up to $6 now a gallon, all right? But that's not the point I'm trying to make. I was filling up my car, and you know what I did to fill up my car? I turned off the engine. I opened the gas tank. I let the car rest, And I filled that tank full of gas. It killed me, but I filled it full of gas. And and I didn't sit there with a car and kind of pet the hood and say, you know what, I expect some performance. Once you get filled up, I'm expecting you to perform for me. I'm expecting you to get down and move whenever I tell you to move. I didn't do that. I let the car rest, and I let it get filled up, knowing that when it was full, it was going to take me to where I wanted it to go. And I want this morning to be that way. I don't want you to feel pushed. I don't want you to feel a requirement. I just want you to receive today. I want you to open up your heart, and I want you just to receive from the Lord. If you came in a quarter of a tank empty, I want you to leave full. If you came in just tired, fatigued, I want you to leave charged, full of hope, full of faith, expecting God to help you this week. I mean, if, if church is just a place that you get drained at, that's a real bummer. <laughs> we're not looking for church to drain us. We're, church, we're looking for God to fill us every time. Yeah. By the way, the church is not four walls. You and me, we are the church. We could go yeah. meet in a park and we would be the church. So remember that. So pull up to the table Let's have brunch together. <laughs> let's, let's have some, some pancakes. Let's have some, I like French toast. That's my favorite. With maple syrup all over it. With some, Tina put some um, powdered sugar sometimes on there. With blueberries and, and strawberries. And let's just eat today. All right? Let's just enjoy this. And I want to ask you this morning why are you following Jesus? Why? Are you following Jesus? Now, I don't think you'd come to church if you didn't have at least a slight interest in following Jesus. Not even, just a, at least a slight interest. And I want to share with you why I believe you are following Jesus. I'll tell you why I'm following Jesus. And this is this is so good. If, if you look, if you want to follow along in your Bible, if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to follow along. Otherwise, we'll be sh- shining up here on the screen. But look at Matthew 4, verse 25. This is speaking of Jesus when he lived here on earth for those 30-some-odd years. It says of him that large crowds from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, from the region around the Jordan, followed Jesus. They followed him. Why would a large, such a large crowd of thousands of people follow Jesus? Well, today you're going to find out, and I believe it's going to wet your appetite so that you, your, your desire for Jesus is just reinvigorated, and, and you're excited about following Jesus. Now, notice this crowd. Some people followed really close to him. Other people followed from a distance. Some people followed him consistently. Other people followed him inconsistently. What has been your experience? There's been times in my life when I was really close to the Lord, and then there's been other times when I wasn't so close to Jesus. There's been times when I was really faithful, and then other times when I was like, ho-hum, just sometimes. Either way, I was following Jesus. (laughs) Either way. You know, we're not here to shovel condemnation on ourselves. God knows we have enough guilt and condemnation. (laughs) Follow Jesus because, and here's why, because you want to not because you're made to, not because you have to, not because you're going to feel guilty if you don't. You're going to follow Jesus because you want to. There's a little bit of desire in you, a little bit of good that you've received from him that you say, I like this. I want to follow Jesus. I, I think this is wonderful. I, and check this out. I'm going to use a word that's dangerous in Christian circles. I feel good <laughs> when I follow Jesus. I feel good. Is it wrong to feel good? no it's not in fact god gives you good feelings we're going to talk be talking about that more next sunday but i don't want to get ahead of myself so today i want to stoke the memories in your mind of why you follow jesus just as if you know sometimes i have i get the privilege i guess of counseling a marriage that's having a little bit of trouble one of the first questions i ask is do you remember when you start first started dating and those hard faces of, you know, they're, they're angry with one another. All of a sudden, they kind of lighten up a little bit. A little smile crosses their face, and they begin to remember why they were attracted to their spouse, why they, why they started dating, why they eventually got married. We need to remember why we're following Jesus. So let's go back to Matthew 4, and starting in verse 18, and here we see why large crowds follow Jesus. I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, remember this. I've underlined it so that we can kind of put a pin in it, remember remember it. As he was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw another two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went throughout Galilee. He didn't just stop at the Sea of Galilee. He went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues. That's like their churches, their Jewish places of worship. uh, Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness, disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. And people brought him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering in severe pain and demon-possessed and those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. And what happened? Large crowds from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across Jordan followed him. Why did these people follow Jesus? There was a lot of reasons. And I want you to begin to think, why do you follow Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? Let's, let's break this down just a little bit. First, let's go back to that statement. He was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. One day, Jesus walked into your life, or he walked by your life. And what did you do? What got your attention about Jesus? Maybe you were in a church service. I know of people that have met Jesus in their bathroom. <laughs> I've known people that met Jesus when they were drunk. In fact, <laughs> I've got an example of that I'll tell you about in just a second. But what walk of life were you in when Jesus got your attention and he showed up and something changed inside of you and you're like, I, I want to know more about Jesus. I'm, I'm not interested in religion. I'm interested in a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's many gods out there, but only one true God. And the God that I'm speaking to you about, his son, is Jesus Christ. That's the God that I'm speaking to you about today. Was it an ordinary day? Was it maybe things were going good for you when you met Jesus the first time? Maybe they were going bad for you. There's this misconception that you have to be at the bottom of the barrel (laughs) to come to know Jesus. And that's not true. You can be having a good life when you meet Jesus and say, Hey, I just want my life to get even better. Unfortunately, a lot of us (laughs) do have to get to the bottom of the barrel before we say, God, I'm desperate here. I need to know you more. And then we want Jesus because he relieves he gives you relief from worry or relief from fear relief from sickness relief from financial strain relief from a divorce I don't know he gives you relief but that's why we follow Jesus as he helps us he helps us some people as I've mentioned find him when they're drunk I'll never forget me and Kyle (laughs) one day I won't give you the I won't tell you where we were or what we were doing. We were just somewhere. We weren't in a bar. Okay, tell you that much. We were just doing our thing. And we ran across this guy that was beyond tipsy. He was drunk. And you know what? We both felt this impression, we need to go ahead and tell this guy about Jesus. And we did. And you know what? That guy found Jesus while he was drunk. And by the time we finished talking, he had sobered up and he was boohooing, he was crying. You know what? Jesus sometimes elicits emotions in your heart. Has he done that for you? Maybe joy, maybe, some, maybe you shed a tear, I don't know. Jesus is so good, but this guy found Jesus while he was drunk. Man, you might find Jesus while you're living with someone. I heard this, this guy was having an affair, literally. He was in a hotel room having an affair, And he turns on the TV and Billy Graham is on there preaching about salvation. And the guy, while he's having an affair, found Jesus. And it changed his life forever. That's the Jesus that I want. That's the Jesus that I want. Where did you find him? Some people have found him when they were alone. Some people have found them when they were in doubt and unbelieving. You don't get the the idea that you have to be perfect when you come to Jesus. No, by, the, it's the exact opposite. The church is a hospital, not a beauty contest. We don't come all. I mean, I try to look halfway decent, but I, you know, we don't come to show off. Man, we're here to receive, and I hope you're receiving. Receive today, God. You you may have found Jesus when you were bored. I don't know, but think back to the time when you found Jesus, when he walked into your life. But he saw two brothers. He saw them. Jesus didn't have his nose in the air, he wasn't walking by ignoring everybody. I've said this, and I'll say it again I don't even care. All right, we had this guy come into our church, he was going to preach. And he walked right by everybody without saying hi to anybody. Walked right up to the front. So I was like, "Dude, give me a break! I mean, you're here to meet people. I praise God that Jesus doesn't overlook people. I praise God for that." <laughs> we're, Tina and I went to this, uh, this uh, we do this outreach at Irvin High School. Love it. We look forward to it. They're on break right now, and we're we're missing those kids, but um, and Sarah. Sarah, the three of us—I <laughs> always leave somebody out. I say Sarah and I, and then I leave Tina out. Anyways, the three of us go, and um, and so this girl from there, Michaela, she started coming. We went to see her singing her choir there at, at Irvin, so a public high school. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm just watching Michaela because I'm so proud of her. I'm watching her, and I'm fixed. But you know what? There's forty kids up there. There's fifty kids, and I think to myself. I am going to look at every single face up there. I'm not just going to look at Michaela. And I started just looking at every face, thinking about every child. Not child, they're young, they're teenagers. But you know what? When they got up there, they started thanking, each one got up and started thanking their parent or this person, that person. And those kids started breaking down, crying because of the broken homes that they were in the aunt, the uncle that had taken them in because their parents had neglected them, or their single mom because their dad had left their family at a young age. Every person counts for Jesus. He didn't walk by Galilee and ignore people. He saw two brothers. He saw them. And it changed their life because he noticed them But it says, not only that, he saw these two brothers, but their names were Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. (laughs) And we sang this song. I didn't even, this was just a fluke. All right, we sang that song today. He knows my name. Can I tell you something? Jesus knows knows you. He knows who you are. He listens to you when you call out to him when you pray a prayer, when you whisper a prayer, he knows your name. He's listening to your voice. He's not overlooked you. He knows you by name. I was at a business meeting. (laughs) This is so funny, man. This guy, I I don't know if it was a training or seminar or something, but I'm sitting there in the audience and afterwards the lead the guy who's speaking who i was like enamored with i just thought he was incredible he comes up to me and he said my name hey steve how's it going shook my hand i was like i can't believe the guy knows me and so i'm walking away my knees are shaking i'm all wigged out on this and and you know then i look down i have a name tag (laughs) but you know what jesus knows your name he knows your name man it's awesome the next little part of this, this, this story or this, this event that took place, he says, Jesus starts talking to these guys. And he says, I will send you out to fish for people. Follow me. I'm going to send you out to fish for people. And you know what? <laughs> God, when, when, when you come to know Jesus, he doesn't take your personality away. He doesn't make you change your interest, unless, of course, your interests are drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever. He changes those things. But if, you're, if you like woodwork, God's going to make you a better woodworker. If you like, if you have a hobby, if you have an interest, I used to think Jesus would clone me and make me just not clone me, he'd make me a clone. And just make me just another faceless, you know, Christian are all the same you know what that is not the truth when you come to know jesus he makes you even more uniquely you and i can say that straight up from experience god doesn't make you a clone he makes you more and more unique in fact not being jesus makes you more because you're always trying to be like other people when you come to know jesus you just want to be the best version of you isn't that wonderful that's, that's so wonderful. And he told these guys, he said, you're fishermen. I'm going to make you an incredible fisherman, a different kind of fisherman, a unique fisherman. He met them at their place, at who they are. Because you know what? Jesus has made you who you are. He gave you that unique personality, those unique skill sets, that, that unique desire to do something different in life. And God's going to bless that in you. He's going to bless that in you. But you've got to want Jesus even more, because he's going to help you get there. So these are some of the reasons why these two men, actually four men here, they left their jobs, they left their vocation, they left everything behind, and they followed Jesus because they wanted to follow Jesus. And you follow Jesus, whether at a distance, whether consistently, inconsistently, or very closely and faithfully. You follow Jesus because you there's something about him that you like. There's something about him that you want. Um, whenever I, at work, whenever I'm like mentoring a manager or supervisor, you know, it doesn't matter if they're like millennials or you know, older or younger, there's always this tendency in a manager that says, I'm going to make my people do what I want them to do. They're going to do it because they're getting a paycheck. (laughs) I'm like, you idiot, you're not going to motivate anybody that way. You got to motivate somebody through desire. Make them want to do their work. Make them enjoy what they're, see the creativity, the opportunities, the, 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 the open world that you have. And that's going to help them desire to do their job more. And that's what you need to do with your children. Help them want to do the right things instead of making them. And that's what we do with Jesus. We follow him because we want to. A couple more thoughts here this morning, though. After this, it says that Jesus went throughout Galilee. He had been just by the Sea of Galilee, but there Galilee is what we might equate to state, okay? He didn't just go to one place. He covered the gamut. Of the entire area this is another reason why I follow Jesus is he doesn't just care about one little part of my life he cares about the whole shebang he likes my whole life all my thoughts all my heart all my health all my future all your future all your health all your plans he covers everything he covers all your family all your plans, everything. I love that about Jesus. That's why I follow him. And that's probably why you follow him as well. He also taught in their synagogues. Now, you have to understand a little bit about Jewish culture and Jewish history to to make sense of this. But essentially, you know, Solomon, King Solomon had built a temple. And that was the place of worship. But Jews, as we all tend to do, we start making our own way, doing our own things, creating our own way of doing things. And so they had set up synagogues in different places, and they worshiped there and didn't necessarily come to the temple in Jerusalem to worship. So you know what Jesus did? He went to where they were. He said, you know, you guys aren't doing what we originally had in mind, <laughs> But I am going to send my son, Jesus, to where you are at. And, and to your point of worship and to your understanding of God, and I'm going to talk to you there. And that's what Jesus did. He went to their synagogues just as, and we're not here to pat ourselves on the back, but I'm just giving our examples. We go to Irvin High School. Some of those kids, their parents literally won't let them jump on a van and come to our church. So you know what? We're going to go to where they are. That's why we finally got some really good inroads into the Good Samaritan assisted living facility there. It's on the west side. I wish it was closer by, but where Doris is, and we're going to be able to start services there, the point of worship where people are. Maybe it's in a coffee shop. Maybe it's at lunch. Maybe it's on the street with a neighbor. I love, love, love whenever I have to travel out of town to jump in a taxi, an Uber, and usually it's on the East Coast somewhere. And there I am because of work and now things are changing. But anyways, there, there I'm talking to somebody from Ethiopia or I'm talking to somebody from um, Egypt or whatever. And I can start sharing the gospel. I love going in with Uber drivers and, and asking them what they think, what they know. Most of them are, are Muslims. I get to share the gospel right there in the seat of that car. And many times those guys are open. So where can you take Jesus? Now, I'm here to fill up your tanks. I'm not going to demand anything of you. Just think of how Jesus came to where you were and how he filled you up and he shared his love with you. All right, but it says here that Jesus went proclaiming the good news of the gospel. The good news Tell people good news. What if I was in one of those taxis or Ubers and I started saying, hey, dude, if you don't turn your heart to Jesus, you're going to hell. All right? To hell. (laughs) All that's going to do is drive them away. I was standing on a street corner (laughs) This was just a while back. I was waiting for my family. It was kind of a bad part of town. And so I thought, well, I'm going to stand outside. They'd run into a store real quick. I'm going to stand outside the car and kind of watch for people and make sure they get back in the car. Well, sure enough, this guy with a massive big old sign that talks about end times. And you know, our world is coming to an end and all things are falling apart, which you know, in some respects they are, but he's holding, he's walking up to me and I've got my sunglasses on. I'm like, I'm not even gonna look at this guy. (laughs) You know, don't come screaming at me about the end of the world. You know what I wanna hear? I wanna hear good news. That's attractive to Jesus. And we see that Jesus spoke of good news. Did he speak of repentance? Yes but in a good way, in an encouraging way. You can be free if you'll repent. See, that's a good, that's taking it and putting it in a hopeful framework so that people are attracted to that. Bible says, make the gospel attractive, and I'm paraphrasing, but make the gospel attractive and people will come. uh, Jesus said, or excuse me, the word says, it's your kindness, that draws us to repentance. The kindness of God draws us to repentance. And I, I see it this way. You know what? God's kindness brings me close to Him, and then fear of what will happen if I get away from Him keeps me close to Him. You know, a healthy fear of God, a healthy fear of hell, you know? But that, talking about hell, is not gonna bring someone to Jesus quite most often. It's going to be the love of God, the good news. Look at this just very quickly. Acts 20, verse 24. I looked up several scriptures that have those words, good news. The good news of, the, of God's grace. The good news of God's grace. Man, I stumbled onto God's grace about four or five years ago, and I haven't been the same since. The grace of God. Look at some of these adjectives of God's grace. His favor, his blessing, his mercy, freedom from guilt, God's love and his kindness, God's genera- generosity. Here's my favorite. His loving favor. Man, when I saw that one, his one translation says it that way. God's loving favor. God doesn't just love you. He loves you enough to show you favor. Favor. I'm trying to think. There's been so many things of favor that have happened to us lately. We went to the veterinarian. We had our, our, a sick cat. And here's God's favor, all right? We were, uh, Tina could tell it best, but we had to have an x ray of the cat and then some medicine and some other things. And. You know what this veterinarian did for us? He said, I'm not going to charge you for the x-ray. I'm not going to charge you for the x-ray. Veterinarians never do that. <laughs> they never do that. That's the favor of God. Just helping us a little bit financially. It's such a blessing. Look at this in Acts. Good news. Good news. Jesus gave the good news. Man, I hope that poor child is Okay. <laughs> Oh, can I tell you this? Listen to this, and don't worry, we're almost done. I was sitting in my office, this was several years ago, I was a controller at a company, and everybody at that company was Mormon. That was their religious uh, affiliation. And not everybody, but seemed like most everybody. I went out with the, the president of the company one day, we went out for two hours in his car and talked religion and God and all this kind of stuff, but one of these guys came in and sat in my office, and he had been raised in a Christian home. Not in a Mormon home, in a Christian home. Because they are two, believe me, Mormonism and Christianity are two very different belief systems. Even though they would appear to not to be, they, they, they're very different. So this, this gentleman had been raised in a Christian home. He came and sat in my house, my house, my office. And I began to talk to him about the grace of God. You see, you don't have to earn your way into heaven you have to receive your way into heaven <laughs> you receive the grace of god and i was telling him the good news and this young man had, more, had married a mormon lady and then converted to mormonism and as i began to remind him that he didn't have to earn his way into heaven that he just received the grace of god the love of god this guy broke down and started sobbing i mean he was sobbing in my office crying because he was reminded of the good news the good news you know what distinguishes true bible-based christianity and every other religious affiliation in the world is that jesus came to tie for your sins you don't have to do a single solitary thing except 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 for accepting him by faith and you're saved god's rescued you Oh, praise God. I I love. I love Jesus. I love following Jesus. These are some of the reasons why I follow Jesus. But good news. Paul preached the good news in Acts 17, 18. He preached the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. This man, Jesus, who heals today. He saves today. He delivers today. I'll never forget this young lady. She was Oh, I don't know, Tina and I knew her since junior high, but she got into her, you know, young, young adult years. She'd always struggled with depression. Always struggled with depression. Little girl, I just broke my heart, man. You could see it on her face. She was depressed. And one day she came to me with good news. And she said, Steve, I, take, I have to take this pill every day. And from one day to the next, Jesus touched my mind. And I'm not depressed anymore. And I don't have to take this pill anymore. That's good news. That's enough to make people want to follow Jesus. Acts 10, 36 and 43, you see some different pieces of good news. It says, you know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, announcing good news of what? Peace. That's good news. Peace in your heart, inner peace, peace. Peace through Jesus Christ, who's Lord of all, and in verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with a Holy Spirit and power. Hey, you feel weak? God's got power for your life. To live life with power. Empowered. That's good news. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. I'll tell you what. I, sometimes I have this cloud over my mind and I, my day is going rotten. You know what? God wants to take that cloud back and give you that sunlight in your life, your soul, make you happy again, give you a smile on your face, be an overcomer, be victorious. That's good news. And in verse four, it says all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through their name. There's there's time. And here's the point I want to make. Good news sounds different to different people. Some people need peace. God gives them the good news of peace. Some people feel filthy inside because of the things they've done or the things that have been done to them, and God forgives them and cleanses their conscience, their thoughts, their memories, washes their minds out. People might say, you're brainwashed, man. What are you going to that church for? Yes, I'm not only brainwashed, I'm heartwashed. God has washed everything out, and I feel way better (laughs) way better but listen to this the good news makes you have good feelings right when you hear good news don't you feel better if you were sick and the doctor gave you some good news wouldn't you feel better all right well when jesus gives you good news it makes you feel better and let, let me tell you what good feelings make you want to follow jesus good feelings Want to make you, They help you want to follow Jesus. And I'm going to talk about that next week. I'm going to share some thoughts with you next week about how you can start feeling good most all the time. And it's, it's totally biblical, and it's helping me. I was sharing it with my family. It's been helping me so much. You see, I'm all pumped up and bubbly. It's because I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. Is, is life all about feeling good? No, there's times when you don't feel so good. But God's good news gives you good vibes, man. And when you feel good, you're going to want to follow Jesus. Because you're going to see he's the source of these feelings. And last but not least, he healed every disease and sickness among the people. And this news of Jesus spread everywhere. You know what? <laughs> Jesus did something for you that no one else seemed to be able to do. You know, the medical profession is truly amazing what they accomplish, but they can't heal everything. You know, there's just impossibilities. There's things that are, our backs are against the wall and we look up and say, Jesus, can you do it? Cause I'm not getting any answers here. <laughs> and Jesus can do things. And that's why you want to follow Jesus there's times when Jesus paid a bill that you couldn't you, you couldn't afford or he healed you from a sickness that you couldn't seem to kick or he put your family back together again when you couldn't seem to reconcile everybody but as i said here in verse 24 news about him spread all over Syria the people uh, brought to him all who were sick various forms of diseases suffering from severe pain demon possessed those having seizures and paralyzed and he healed them and large crowds followed him. Large crowds. Why do you follow Jesus? And don't you want more? (laughs) I mean, if something's good and you could get more, wouldn't you do it? I certainly want to, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Oh, I thank you, God, that you cleanse us from all guilt, from all shame, from bad memories, Lord, from, God, scars that we may have gone through. Lord, and, and then there's, uh, those, there's other people that are doing just fine. Their, their life is good. There's no complaints. It doesn't matter if we've had a bad life or a good life. Lord, you can make our lives even better. You can make our lives infinitely better than what they are today. And so God this good news this good news helps us Lord it, it encourages us. I I compare a time when I didn't have any hope to a time when I did have hope. Lord and I would pick hope any day of the week. Any day of the week and I've seen Jesus consistently without fail that you give me hope. And when I have hope, I can scale a mountain. I can I can take on a challenge. I can overcome a weakness. I have hope. Thank you, Heavenly Father.